Good morning, Brisbane. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Reach Your Peak podcast experience. Today's episode is actually brought to you by a viewer suggestion or a listener suggestion, so to speak. We're talking about bloating, okay? Today, we're going to talk about bloating. What kind of reasons could there be for this? And also, what are the solutions for you? So if you're someone that's experiencing some bowel issues and you feel it could be nutrition related, then perhaps you should be listening to this episode because we're going to go deep dive into this, give you a rundown of exactly what you need to know when it comes to possibilities of what could be causing it. And of course, some tangible solutions that could help. Of course, I want to start by saying that you want to consult your physician, your GP, someone like that as your primary source to determine that if the constipation is not related to something serious, okay, that's first and foremost. Today is just advice from a dietitian who has helped other clients with this type of thing before. So remember, always seek out your health professional first and then, yeah, use this more as advice to help you out. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm going to start out here first by listing out the most common reasons that I see clients with that experience bloating, okay? And there's two. There's two conditions that are the most common when it comes to client presentation and being the reason for the bowel issues that they're experiencing. And that's IBS and celiac disease. Now, in case you don't know what these are, don't worry. I'm going to go into them right now. So IBS stands for Irritable Bowel Syndrome. You probably have heard of it, okay? Maybe you've seen an ad about it. Perhaps someone's told you they've had it. Now, IBS is an interesting one because anyone that gets bowel issues says they have IBS. Obviously, that's an exaggeration of everyone, but a lot of people go straight to thinking it's IBS. It's even being prescribed as, okay, um, doctors will say, you got IBS when you got bowel issues. Now, keep in mind, before I go into what IBS is, keep in mind that IBS is a term that we haven't yet been able to conclusively determine if someone has it unless they've gone through what's called the FODMAP diet. You know, a dietitian will go for a FODMAP diet, determine if there's triggers, and that's how we determine it. There's no like test right now that goes, yes, you 100% certainly have IBS, at least as far as I remember. Okay, I did look into this recently. I was at a um, conference regarding this in the past year. Since then, if something has changed, please clarify to me, send me a message, let me know. But to my knowledge, IBS does not have a conclusive test at this moment right now. So what is IBS? So IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, it's, I'll keep it short and simple, just to not bore you with the basics. It's essentially fermentable, there's these fermentable carbohydrates in food that we, anyone really, does not really like process properly. But in certain people that are hypersensitive, that have hypersensitive guts, what happens with them is that these things get fermented in the, in the colon. And what happens there is you get those symptoms, okay? You get constipation, diarrhea, bloating, pains, winds, all those kind of, you know, unsightly kind of symptoms that no one wants to get, especially when you're going to work. So essentially, it's when these certain carbohydrates are not being processed properly, they're being fermented in the body, and that's producing those symptoms. That's essentially what IBS is, okay? And it's when we talk about FODMAPs, it's an acronym for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides. Um, um, I always stuff that one up, okay? I always stuff that one up when I'm trying to say it quickly, okay? It's fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. That's what it is, okay? There we go. Second time lucky. 
The second thing we want to talk about is celiac disease. Now, celiac disease is essentially, for lack of a better word, an allergy to gluten. Okay, gluten is a type of protein in wheat, oats, rye, and barley. Now, when I say oats, technically, no, it's, oats are gluten-free, but they're usually contaminated with it. So for the purposes of this conversation, let's put oats in there as well. So yeah, celiac disease is when your body has an autoimmune response, an inflammatory response when you consume gluten. Okay, it's a serious condition, okay? Unlike IBS where it's more so just annoying and doesn't really actually damage your health, celiac disease is different. If you consume gluten and as a celiac disease sufferer, you will experience health issues and potentially long-term if you continue doing it and don't manage it. So that's your two main ones, IBS and celiac disease. Then other ones are, you know, it goes into more detail. This is ones you want to go see a doctor, especially for, you know, to rule out any other bowel issues, but it can be anywhere from, you know, you know, bowel obstructions and, you know, diverticular, you know, th- things like that. They can be like a problem with your bowels. So always go and check with your GP to rule out any other issues. But then we also want to talk about like dietary reasons. So obviously we know IBS. So if you're consuming these FODMAP foods, then you will get symptoms if you've got IBS. So that's your, that's your number one food trigger for IBS. For celiac disease, it's gluten, okay? Oats, rye, and barley, and, and wheat, obviously, they have you know, gluten. Oats, not always, but they will have gluten usually. So that's your food trigger there. But then what are other causes, okay? So, okay, cool, you're probably listening to this. Okay, but I, I don't have celiac disease, I've been tested, and I don't think I have IBS, but what else could there be the reason for? Well, glad you asked, because I'm gonna go into those right now, okay? So the other dietary reasons is lack of water. Okay, if you're not consuming enough water, especially if you're dehydrated, you will not be having a good time and you will potentially be getting constipated. And because of that constipation, you will be getting some bloating. Okay, that's that's general one. If you're not consu- uh, drinking enough water, okay, if you're not staying hydrated, and as I talk, I've got the nice Voss bottle right next to me here, filled up with water, ready to go when my mouth gets dry. So always make sure you're hydrating. But yeah, water's a big one for people. I couldn't tell you how many times someone's come to me and they're like, I'm getting bloated, I'm getting constipated, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Okay, um, how much water are you drinking? Or maybe only about 600 mils a day? Mm. Okay, maybe drink more water. <laughs> you know, how many times, and then they come back and, oh my God, it helps so much. Water helps, okay? Water is needed. And not only is water needed, you need adequate amounts of it, okay? To give you a ballmark figure, if you hit two liters a day and you're not excessively exercising in the heat or something like that, you'll be fine. Two liters is a good starting point for most people, especially since most people that struggle with bloating and constipation don't even drink close to the two liters. So two liters is your magic number for today. The next thing is fiber. So IBS and celiac disease aside, you gotta ask yourself, am I even consuming enough fiber? Okay, the Western diet is notorious, notorious for being low on fiber. Okay, and that's a fact we lack fiber in adequate amounts as a population, of course. We just don't consume it. And, you know, there's a number of reasons we could argue this is, you know, the the more accessible, these highly palatable junk foods are that are low in fiber, low in nutrients, but, you know, high in calories, and that kind of takes up most of our intake. Wherever it's just that we like convenience, and usually convenience foods are not really fiber-rich, whether it's people just don't like veggies and fruits, which are a great source of fiber, or they don't like the taste of whole grain varieties of foods. There's a number of reasons that we could argue this is, but it really comes down to that there's a lot of highly processed foods available that are taste good, that are easy, cheap, 
and that people just want to eat. And that usually takes up the bulk of our diets. So that is why a lot of people don't consume enough fiber. You know, everyone experiences this from day to day. You got to look at the general picture, the overall picture, the bigger picture, okay? Even I will have days when I don't consume enough fiber. We all have those days, okay? So don't stress about that. People think when I'm talking about fiber and all this kind of stuff that you need to be on point with every single bit of nutrition every single day. And that's just not the case. You just got to be consistent most of the time. Okay, that's the key, most of the time. Now, if you're if you got your fiber intake perfect every day, great. Okay, kudos to you. That's actually awesome, awesome stuff. But you don't have to stress if you have a day or here that you're not consuming enough fiber. But if you're chronically consuming not enough fiber, okay, under eating fiber on an ongoing basis, so to speak, then you will experience bowel issues. And potentially one of those will be constipation and therefore the the bloating that, that accompanies that. So remember that. Then obviously, like I said, certain food triggers, and that can even be, you know, for people that are sensitive to certain other foods that I haven't mentioned before, but food triggers of any sort, any intolerances, sensitivities, allergies can potentially cause any issues with bloating as well. So that's your food triggers. That's your dietary reasons for bloating. Now, other causes that are linked to this that are not necessarily food related, but would be related to health. And this is not talking about things like medications and things like that or surgeries that perhaps that cause issues in your body. We're talking about things like stress, things like lack of exercise. So something that not many people know is that exercise is actually crucial for good bowel health. Being, you know, moving, you know, being active actually helps move things along. Okay, you think, uh, think it's very obvious when I say it that way. You know, when you move your body, everything else moves with it. Yes, but people don't realize that a lack of exercise, of so being sedentary, sitting on your ass all day, not doing much activity is not going to be conducive to good bowel health because you are predisposed to constipation. And if you're predisposed to constipation, you're predisposed to other bowel issues such as bloating. Then you got stress. We all know stress has an impact on our bodies in a number of ways. Okay, I could go on and on about how many ways our body is affected by Mr. and Mrs. Stress. Okay, But the thing to remember is stress can have an impact on your bowels, whether it's causing you to get more loose bowels, whether it's causing you to have constipation, bloating, whatever it may be. There is a link between stress and the gut that you can't be, you know, you, you can't deny it. Okay, You can't, can't deny that. So stress, if you're stressed, that could explain some of your bowel issues, okay? And people experience stress in different ways and different symptoms as a result of that stress. So it's about knowing and being self-aware of what effect it is having on you. So stress is another one. So those are two of the key non-dietary factors that can have an impact on your, on, your, on your bowels. So keep that in mind when you're going through this and you're thinking about what could be the reason that this is happening to me. Especially if you can't pinpoint something because a lot of people are like, yeah, but I just can't pinpoint it. You know, like I'm doing this right and this right. Audit yourself, okay? If you're struggling to figure out what it is, maybe audit your diet. Do a food log and an exercise log for a week or two. See what's actually happening. Maybe write down your stress levels every day. See what's happening there. Think about different things like that. And then of course, don't don't skimp on going to the doctors, okay? Go to the doctors, get checked up. Rule out any issues, and, and they could even send you to a dietitian. You know, I see so many people through doctor referrals because they've got bowel issues. The doctor's like, hey, can you check this patient? Can you help him out with that? Sweet, no problem. Of course I can. So remember, always go seek you know professional guidance when you're experiencing these things because you want to first, number one, rule out that there's no serious health issues, God forbid. Okay, number two, 
get a clear idea of what it actually is and therefore lead into number three, which is then have a solution for it, which is funny enough what we're leading into now. Okay, so solutions and dietary hacks or changes you can do to help you with bloating and constipation. So solution for, okay, I'll go step by step. Solution for IBS, see your dietitian regarding a low FODMAP diet. It's as simple as that. Get a dietitian who knows what they're talking about with low FODMAP, like myself or someone like that. They go through the process with you, get you those symptom, get you that symptom relief, and get you, you know, some better quality of life. So IBS, go into a low FODMAP diet with the guidance of a dietitian. Celiac disease, if you've got celiac disease, obviously I always do recommend you at least see a dietitian in the initial stages just to make sure that you've got everything right and your nutrition's on point. But if in doubt, you can't go wrong with just simply going gluten-free. That's that's pretty much what it is. If you are if you've got celiac disease and you're experiencing issues because of that, it's as simple as going on the gluten-free diet. So that's what you want to do. Then other things. So other uh, solutions for that, drink more water. I've already mentioned that, two liters at least. Then you got fiber. So how can you increase fiber? Well, there's a number of ways you can achieve this and it all depends on the individual. So honestly, it's very hard for me to answer that through this podcast episode and tell you that. But just to give you an idea, people under eat legumes. Okay, hint, hint. Legumes and lentils and that sort of thing are packed. Okay, they're teeming with healthy fiber. And that fiber will help your bowels. Okay, it's as simple as that. So fiber and legumes go hand in hand. So if you're in doubt, add a bit of legumes to your diet. Don't overdo it though. Okay, trust me. Other ways to do it, make sure you're consuming your veggies and fruits. So a good way to do this, like a nice little hack. It's not even a hack, it's very simple. Snack on fruit in between meals. Ta-da, done. And with veggies, add a bit of veg to every single meal that you eat, okay? And especially for like, you know, lunch and dinner where it feels more like like a veggie-based meal, add half of a plate of veggies. It's as simple as that, okay? Don't overcomplicate it. Half a plate, okay? Look at your plate, split it in half. That half is vegetables, okay? It's as simple as that. That's all you have to do to up your vegetable intake and get started with with that. So yeah, that that's your ne- the next one. Then other solutions, I mean, there's a number of things you can do. Like, I mean, you can take a supplement, like a fiber supplement if you're lacking in fiber. You know, that could be a solution. Another solution for constipation, like a little hack, is eat more high fructose fruits. Ta-da, there you go. Uh, Things like apples, you know, watermelon, pears, those sort of things, some dried fruits. They will have a high amount of fructose, okay? Funny enough, part of the FODMAP group, and they draw in, okay? So what happens with fructose is it draws in the water into the bowels and softens it up. So if you're experiencing constipation-related bloating, a solution for you might be just a bit more fructose in your diet. But of course, if you've got IBS and fructose is a trigger, then that's not going to be a pleasant time. So keep that in mind, okay? Keep that in mind here. But yeah, that, that's like your main ones. That's like your main ones that you can, that you can use dietary-wise to help that. Other solutions is obviously start exercising more regularly. You know, if you're not doing any exercise, seek out a trainer, maybe start doing training maybe three times a week or something. You know, just get started with light exercise and build up from there. Stress relief, okay? Take up yoga, meditation, you know, Tai Chi, whatever it may be. Take up something that actually relieves your stress. It doesn't even have to be something abstract. It can literally be, oh, you enjoy going for a hike? Well, if you do, that's awesome. I do too, but... If you enjoy going for a hike, for example, and that gives you peace of mind, go for a hike every weekend. Relieve your stress at the end of the week. That will help, okay? Think of ways besides the obvious about how you can actually improve your health and your well-being. But yeah, that's some of the solutions that I usually use with clients. There are a number of other ones I can go into, but it all becomes more very individual. Generally speaking, those are the main ones you want to kind of be aware of. 
because they're the ones that are going to get you best bang for your buck when it comes to constipation relief. Because at the end of the day, constipation is not comfortable, especially when that manifests itself into bloating and becomes even worse. So keep that in mind in terms of how you can actually manage it. And, you know, other things you can also kind of think about is are you actually kind of keeping, this is the kind of more abstract one, but it just kind of popped up in my head right now. So it'd be rude of me not to share it, of course, is are you actually kind of keeping yourself from going to the bathroom? I know it seems stupid. Okay, you're probably listening to this thinking I'm a grown ass person. I know that I have to go to the bathroom, but think about it. Has it been a time where you're sitting there at work on your desk and you're like, I need to smash out this task. Yeah, I'll just hold it in a bit or something like that. I know for a, the reason I say it is because I know that people have admitted this to me. Clients have admitted that they do this sometimes, you know, especially if they're running a busy schedule or you no know, classic case. There's certain workplaces where just the nature of it, and this is not mine to say, but I don't reckon I was right of the way they're doing things. But the the lady well, basically wasn't able to go to the bathroom. They didn't have a bathroom in the actual premises, and she couldn't leave because she was the only one attending. And it was like an important, I'm not going to go into what the workplace was, but it was an important kind of place. You can't just leave the place unattended. And because of that, she would have to hold in for the whole day. That is not good for your bowels, okay? If you thought it might be okay, it is not. It is 100% not okay. So if that's an issue, that could also be explaining it. And by creating some kind of, you know, change in that regard and actually going to the bathroom when you need to, you can actually release some of this as well. And another one actually that just popped in my mind was also making sure you're eating enough probiotics and prebiotics and so making sure your gut health is good. Okay, I didn't know I didn't say this one earlier, but gut health is key when it comes to bloating and that sort of thing. If your gut health and your, uh, your gut bi- uh, microbiome is not actually on point, you will not see the good bowel health that you're hoping for. And you perhaps will see more bloating. You'll perhaps see more constipation and more issues when it comes to your bowels. So make sure your gut health is on point by consuming probiotic foods on the regular. So, you know, your yogurts, your kefir, your your kombucha, obviously make sure it's cold and things like that. Uh, you know, fermented foods. Usually I prefer to come from like yogurt and kefir and stuff. And then obviously eating your prebiotics, which is your fibers. So I mentioned before, high fiber foods, you know, your grains, your legumes, your veggies, fruits, all that sort of things. They provide the prebiotics, which is food for the probiotics. So make sure your gut health is on point by making sure you're consuming the right ingredients that you need to help you, okay? So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, I don't have anything else I really want to kind of talk about regarding this topic. I really just want to give you a very simple, quick breakdown of what you need to know when it comes to what could be causing it, okay? Keyword could be causing the bloating and the constipation. What kind of, you know, solutions you can have and how you can kind of manage it over time. So hopefully that's helped. Obviously, if you've got any questions regarding this, please reach out. Okay, I am on Instagram at The Climate Dietitian, as well as on other places like YouTube at The Climate Dietitian. Uh, you can just send me a message, okay? Send me a DM, okay? Slide into my DMs, okay? And ask me the question, okay? Slide into my DMs and ask me what you want to know about gut health, about bloating, about constipation, or about anything really uh, nutrition-related. But in line with today's podcast, I want to know what you've thought about it. I want to know what your main takeaway from it is. I want to know what you have learned, okay? Talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thank you so much, guys, for checking out my podcast. Hope it brought you some great value today. You can check me out on socials under The Climate Dietitian or on www.theclimatedietitian.com.au. I've got some great stuff out there for you guys, some free, valuable content. So, yeah, please check it out, guys. And, yeah, until next time, thank you.